0: Welcome to the Physics Central Podcast. I'm Cala Cofield. Today on the podcast, I'm talking to Amanda Gefter. Gefter is a science writer and the author of new book, Trespassing on Einstein's Lawn, A Father, A Daughter, The Meaning of Nothing, and The Beginning of Everything. The book tells the story of how Gefter and her father set out to answer the question, What is Nothing?, That led them to other questions, such as, what is the nature of ultimate reality? To find these answers, Gefter and her father pursued some of the most cutting-edge physics in the world. And on occasion, they actually pursued the physicists as well. This journey eventually led Gefter into a career as a science writer, but it started many years ago in a Chinese restaurant. Here is Gefter talking about how this journey with her father began. I was...
1: 15 years old when this whole thing started. And I was sort of this bored, rebellious teenager and I hated school and I was failing math. I had opted out of physics. And one night I'm sitting in a Chinese restaurant with my father, who was this kind of like Zen guru radiologist. And he looks at me and he asks me, how would you define nothing? Um, So he had been thinking about this question rather deeply, this question of how you define nothing and how something can come from nothing, and he wanted to know if thinking about that a little differently might help understand the origin of the universe. And so in this conversation, he sort of recruited me, who was like the most unlikely partner in this, to be his partner in crime, and we set out to learn physics together. Um, And so after several years of sort of reading about physics and trying to learn it on our own, I had heard about this conference that was happening in Princeton, New Jersey, in honor of John Wheeler, the legendary physicist.
0: Let me inject a little bit of information about John Wheeler because he comes up again in this interview. Wheeler worked as a physicist from the early 1930s into the 21st century. He consistently worked on some of the biggest and juiciest problems in physics. Wheeler is probably best known for popularizing the phrase black hole, He also coined the phrase wormhole. He did a lot of early work on black holes at a time when many physicists thought the idea sounded crazy, and Wheeler pushed to get black holes into the physics mainstream. Early in his career, Wheeler worked with Niels Bohr on the first quantum mechanical explanation of nuclear fission. He worked on the Manhattan Project. He made progress on the extremely difficult mathematics associated with Einstein's theory of general relativity. He wrote what is considered to be the essential textbook on that subject. He also joined the crusade to bring together general relativity and quantum mechanics, two theories which both seem accurate, but which also seem to conflict with each other. He was a PhD advisor to Hugh Everett III, who proposed the many worlds theory. This is only a short list of what Wheeler was involved with during his career, and it barely touches on the many seemingly crazy ideas that he was interested in this is the man that Gefter and her father were about to meet.
1: I called the people that were running the conference, and I pretended to be a journalist. And I said, you know, that I wanted to come and cover the event. And so they granted me two press passes. And so my father and I went and sort of crashed this conference posing as journalists. And it was just this really amazing experience where we sort of realized, like, okay, this thing has gotten a little bit more than a hobby and this is something that we really want to pursue and we had the chance to talk to Wheeler very briefly at the conference who had answered our questions about existence and nothingness with these very cryptic phrases so he had said the universe is a self-excited circuit and the boundary of a boundary is zero and so we sort of left that conference feeling like okay we need to figure out what Wheeler meant and that sort of set our journey
0: in motion. Many people who ask big questions about the nature of existence end up finding answers in philosophy. I ask Gefter why she and her Zen master father didn't go in that direction.
1: Physics sort of asks the question, what is this? And philosophy asks, what does this mean? And I think, for us at least, the philosophical question is really the more interesting question like we wanted to know like what does this mean and you know that's sort of what matters on a human level but you can't answer that question without having the physics part in place like you can't say what something means if you don't know what it is and so it was very clear from the beginning that that we would have to have an understanding of the physics in order to grasp these philosophical ideas
0: Gefter's book is full of complicated and cutting-edge physics. For example, in Seeking Out an Ultimate Definition of Reality, she discusses the important role of the observer. Einstein showed that different observers experience the universe differently. Someone traveling at the speed of light experiences time going slower than someone standing still. But Gefter says physicists are only just starting to understand How important the observer is to the idea of reality. The old idea was that there's one
1: single universe, you know, even if it's part of a bigger multiverse, but there's one universe that we all live in, and that you can describe it mathematically as if you were seeing it from the outside, so as if you had some kind of God's eye view, and that there were features of this, you know, single space time that all observers would agree on, um, so there was some like single reality that, that everyone was living in. And what people in fundamental physics are learning, you know, coming from string theory and from black hole physics, the holographic principle, all these sort of exciting new things, is that that can't be true, that multiple observers can't live in the same universe. And in some sense, each observer has their own universe. So each observer's reference frame is its own universe. And it's subtle because that doesn't actually give you a multiverse, because the whole idea is that you can't talk about more than one at a time. If you try to talk about multiple observers' perspectives simultaneously, as if they all share this global space-time, you run into paradoxes and you violate laws of physics, which really means that the universe is built in such a way that it can't be described from more than one frame at a time, which really means that more than one frame can't exist at a time and that's like to me just a totally mind-blowing thing I've been like referring to it as cosmic solipsism, but it's sort of this idea that each observer has their own universe and there seems to be a paradigm shift underway that I think people aren't really talking about yet like it's still very new even within the physics community and it definitely hasn't really trickled down into the public and I mean, I think that's clearly the direction like fundamental physics is moving and I think it's really strange and exciting.
0: It's a little bit terrifying. (laughs) Would you agree? I mean, that I think one of the comforts that that physics has given people for a long time is the idea of an ultimate reality. Um, Would you agree? Yeah, I would. I mean, I think...
1: I think it's not terrifying in the way that like sort of the old philosophical solipsism would be, which you know, would say you are the only person in the universe and everyone around you is just like a figment of your imagination. Like, I don't, that's not what this is saying. It's saying, you know, every observer is equally real and their experience is equally real, but you can't talk about more than one at a time. And so I don't know. I mean, I'm a little bit like, claustrophobic maybe, and like a little bit, Uh, I don't know, to me the idea that I have my whole own universe is, is a little comforting, I think.
0: Just about everyone, physicists and non-physicists alike, are interested in finding out about the nature of reality, or where our universe came from. So a lot of people want to know what physicists are learning about these questions, but talking about them is tricky. Many of these concepts come out of mathematics, so even using words to describe them is a type of approximation. And the words that physicists use often don't mean the same thing to non-physicists. So there's a lot of room for misinterpretation. In some cases, people will try to use physics to justify their philosophical beliefs without really understanding the physics. This can turn malicious when people try to twist physics in order to effectively sell snake oil. This is something Gefter has had to think about in her career as a science writer because she's written extensively about these tricky topics. And she found that John Wheeler, a pioneer of many of these tricky ideas, dealt with this issue as well. John Wheeler is is a great example of this because his ideas you know, sounded sort of
1: crazier than anyone's in a way. And as part of this journey, um, my father and I actually sat and read through his personal journals, which are at the American Philosophical Society in Philadelphia. And it was really interesting to me because I sort of knew that a lot of people had taken his ideas out of context in that way. But it was interesting to see how aware of that he was. And so he would, you know, get these letters from sort of crackpots that were, you know, claiming to sort of really agree with him, but what they were saying was sort of crazy. And so he would paste these letters into his journal and then he would write things like, Oh my God, is this how I want to be understood? And that worried him. So he was well aware of that, but his feeling was like, you know, he really deeply passionately wanted answers to these questions and he just wasn't going to let that stop him. And so I found that really inspiring and I sort of feel the same way where I think it's riskier to not pursue these questions or to dissuade people from pursuing these questions just because there's always going to be some percentage of people that that misunderstand it. I mean, I think it's important to obviously, like, you know, distinguish theory from data. But I think, you know, beyond that, you just have to sort of trust the reader.
0: One of the most defining aspects of Gefter's personal narrative in the book is her position as an outsider. When she started trying to answer this question, what is nothing, she was a 15-year-old who'd flunked math and opted out of physics. She attended her first conference under the then-false premise that she was a journalist covering the event. At some point, though, that changed. Gefter became friends with the physicists she was writing about. She gained a fairly deep understanding of these physics topics. She got a job as a science writer. But being an outsider shaped how Gefter experienced this journey that she and her father went on. And it has an interesting parallel to the physics that she was learning about.
1: You know, it's really funny because it's like throughout the book, you know, there is this question of at what point do you become an insider? You know, and and what does it mean to be on the outside versus the inside? and. As I was sort of struggling with that personally, I was also realizing that that was sort of one of the major themes of the physics that I was looking at. You know, what does it mean to see the world from inside of it versus to have this perspective from the outside? And so that was always really interesting to me because, you know, learning the physics actually framed the way I thought about the situation personally, too. But I think, you know, it's funny, like I look back now and I sort of realize that in some sense... I was always a science writer, but I was always
0: working on just one story, and that story is this book. Amanda Gefter is the author of Trespassing on Einstein's Lawn, A Father, A Daughter, The Meaning of Nothing, and The Beginning of Everything. You've been listening to the Physics Central podcast. I'm Calla Cofield. As always, you can find more podcasts, our Physics Buzz blog, resources, and so much more at physicscentral.com. Tune in next week for more of the Physics Central podcast.